This is Talk Radio 96.7. It's Friday afternoon and time to Ask the Preacher with John Freed. It's a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered, sponsored by Believer's Fellowship. Ask the Preacher with Jonathan Freed. John's out today, but sitting in for him is Jarius. Hello, everyone. This is Jarius. You guys know me. I've been on the air before. It's been a while, um, so it's good to be back with you. Um, just want to thank Pastor John for calling me up and saying, Hey, man, I, uh, can you do radio for me? I'm like, uh, yeah, of course, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so today I wanted to talk to you guys about the favor of God. And I'm thinking, as I was reading about the favor of God and I see the different encounters about the favor of God in the Bible, it was the favor of God was shown to the men and women in the Bible, regardless of what they were going through in life, regardless of what was going on around them, regardless of the harsh and hard conditions that were surrounding them, the favor of God was still shown to them and they stood out. Now, I think something that I say on Sunday mornings about the Bible, that the Bible is a book of historical events. It's events that have actually taken place. And so when you say some, sometimes pastors say, I'm going to read this story in the Bible, but it's actually a historical event. And that's one of the first things you have to understand about the Bible to be able to receive of what the Bible says. You have to believe that this, these are things that are actually that have actually taken place. These aren't things that are made up to make you feel good. These aren't things that were made up to give you goosebumps. These are actual historical events that have taken place that were written down for us to see now so we can apply the things in our life and receive results that they received then. So um, that's the first thing about the Word of God that you have to understand and that, that it's powerful and it's active. And that if you apply it, if you do what it says, you will get the results of the word of God. And so uh, I looked up the word favor, and that word favor means in support of someone or something in a way that helps or benefits them in a state of being liked or approved of by someone, the state of being approved or held in regard. And so we have the favor of God on our life. God is in support of us and helps us and benefits us. We are in a state of being liked by God. Think about that. God likes you. And you know, you know, you say, I have to love you, but I don't like you. But God does both. God loves you and he likes you. In the state of being approved by somebody, God approves of you. Being held in high regard, you are held in high regard in the mind of God. He loves you. He thinks about you. He thinks about prospering you. And so when I get these thoughts in my mind about the favor of God and that how God has favored me, I can look at the situations that are going on around me and I can have a peace because the creator of the universe, the one who made me, holds me in high regard. He likes me. He loves me. He approves of me. And so I don't have to worry or be concerned of what's going on because I know 
that in the favor of God, I'm going to be taken care of. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so whenever God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins, and not only that, to, but to bear every sickness and disease upon himself so that I wouldn't have to, and to go to hell in my place, this is the ultimate favor of God. In Jesus is the ultimate favor of God. That while I was yet an a enemy, God sent his son to die on the cross for my sins. This is the favor of God. And so I want to go to Esther chapter 2, verse 8. And this is in the Amplified. It says, So it came about when the king's command and his decree were proclaimed, and when many young women were gathered together in the citadel, in the city of, in the custody of Haggai, that Esther was taken to the king's palace and placed in the custody of Haggai, who was in charge of the women. Now, something I want to point out, it says, when many young women were gathered, it wasn't just Esther. There were many young women who came and who were in the custody. Verse 9, now the young woman pleased, talking about Esther, uh, pleased Haggai and found favor with him. She found favor with the man who's in custody she was. She found favor with him, the Bible says. So he quickly provided her with beauty preparations and her portion of food and gave her seven choice maids from the king's palace. Then he transferred her and her maids to the best place in the harem. So right here you see she found favor and instantly it says, so he quickly provided. The favor of God will quickly provide things for you. When she found favor, he quickly provided her with the best beauty preparations, the best anointments, the best garments. She had the best because she found favor. And the favor wasn't simply his it was God's favor being shown through this man. The favor of God is, is God's favor, but it's shown through man. And so she found favor with him, and he quickly provided her with the best things in the palace. And then, not only that, gave her seven choice maids, seven women to take care of her, seven women to prepare her, and then gave her the best place in the harem, in the palace, so because now you see the operation of God's favor in the life of Esther, she got the best stuff. She got all these maids at her beck and call, and now she's moving to the best part into the palace. Now, this is what it says in Esther chapter 2, verse 15. Now, as for Esther, uh, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his own daughter, when her turn came to go to the king, she requested nothing except what Haggai, the king's eunuch, and attendant who was in charge of the women, advised. And Esther found favor in the sight of all who saw her. And so now you see that the favor of God gives you privileged information because he didn't share what to pick with all of the women. He only shared it with Esther because he found favor. And so now she has privileged information. I can imagine he said, look, this is what the king is really going to like. And I'm telling you this. I'm not telling anybody else this. I'm telling you this. because Why? Because of the favor. When you have the favor of God on your life, he'll give you privileged information. 
He'll he'll speak things to your spirit, and you'll be able to do things that other people can't do because of the favor of God on your life. Is that, and he found favor in the sight in all who saw her. Now, everybody who's looking at her favors her. Why? Because the favor of God is on her life. So now she had favor in the with the man who was in custody she was with. He gave her all these maids, gave her the best preparations, gave her the best place in the palace, and then gave her the privilege, the privileged knowledge of what would please the king. He told her that. And now, in the sight of all who saw her, Esther found favor. Only God can provide favor with like, like that. And even says Jesus, he found favor with God and with man. Jesus had favor with God and with man. Let's go to verse 17. Now the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she found favor and kindness with him more than all the other virgins, so that he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen in the place of Vashti. <clears throat> so now you have Esther. She has she has favor with um, Haggai, whose custody she's in, and he gives her all this thing, and now she's going to the top guy, the head guy, the CEO of the company, the president of the United States. She goes to him, and she finds favor with him. And he puts a crown on her head, and there's already a queen in place. But because of the favor of God on her life, the current queen is removed out of that place, and Esther is placed in that place. So you could say, like, yeah, somebody's already in this position, or somebody already has this, or somebody already has that. But when you have the favor of God, it does not matter who's there, what what situation is, it does not matter. The favor of God will put you in places. It will promote you to places that only God can do. You can't get there on your own. Esther didn't get there on her own. It was the favor of God, which was then shown through man. The favor of God was on her life, and so now she has placed, been placed in a high level, in a high position because of the favor of God that's on her life. This is what it says in verse 18. The king held a great banquet, Esther's banquet, named it after, for all his officials and his servants, and made a festival for the provinces and gave gifts in accordance with the resources of the king. Now, this stands out. He gave gifts in accordance to his resources, not according to Esther's resources, not according to anyone else's resources. He gave according to the king's resources. So I'm thinking when God's favor is on your life, he's going to give according to his resources, not according to this economy, not according to where you grew up, not according to what's in the bank, according to his resources and his resources are unlimited. So when you have the favor of God in your life, God will give to you according to what he has, and his resources are unlimited. So, one of the things that's all, oh, there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on in this world right now. But when you step into the favor of God, it does not matter what's going on. Because he's going to bless you, he's going to provide for you, and he's going to give to you according to his resources, according to what he has, not according to what you don't have. Get that in your heart. Get that thing in your spirit that God wants to take care of you and that his favor is on you. When he sent Jesus, God gave you everything that you needed.
Think about that. Mold that over in your spirit. Selah. Well, let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher with John Freed, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church, located on North Socrum Loop in North Lakeland. Ask the Preacher with John Freed. John's out today, but sitting in is Jarius. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, filling in for Pastor John, and uh, this is just so awesome. Hey, uh, we've been talking about the favor of God, if you're just tuning in, about how regardless of what's going on in the world right now, we, you know, you got... COVID going on, you got people losing their jobs and all these things, but when the favor of God is on your on your life, all of those things become irrelevant, that it won't come nigh your dwelling because of the favor of God that's that rests on you, and that even when people get around you, the favor of God that's on you will be shined upon them. And so, um, in coming back, I want to go to Acts chapter 7. I'm going to read verse 9. It says, Isaac then became the father of Jacob, who was the father of our 12th patriarch. Jacob's son became jealous of their brother Joseph and sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God's favor and blessing rested upon him, rested upon Joseph. Verse 10, God rescued him from all his oppression and granted him extraordinary favor before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh appointed him as the overseer of his nation and even his own palace. So you see right here that when the favor of God is on your life, not everybody's going to like you because of it. Jesus said, there's not anybody who gave up houses, homes, you know, father, mother, brother, and sisters who will not receive a hundred times as much in this lifetime, not in heaven, in this lifetime. Right now, in our generation right now, Jesus said you can receive a hundred times as much, but here it is, with persecutions. Not everybody is going to be happy that you prospering. Why? And it says right here, it says his brothers were jealous. They were jealous of the favor that was on his life. And people will be jealous. It's not because they don't believe in prosperity. It's because that they don't have it. It's not that people get angry because you because you of a lot of a because you have a lot of money. It's because they don't have a lot of money where they get mad. And so they get jealous that you have it and then they don't want you to have it. So if, if I don't have favor, then I don't want you to have it. If I don't have all these funds, then I don't want you to have it. If I don't have peace, then I don't want you to have it. If I'm in turmoil, then I want you to be in turmoil. And so this is what was happening with with Joseph's brothers, but it says even with that, even with his own family being against him, it says God rescued him from all of his oppression and granted him extraordinary favor before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh appointed him as overseer of his entire nation. Think about that. The favor of God caused Pharaoh to place Joseph over the entire nation and even his own palace, his own home. That's like me coming to your house and you see how well I'm doing. You say, you know what? You can have you can have control of my whole house. You can you can just have free reign. Whatever you want, whatever you say is 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 how it's going to be. And that's how it was with Joseph. Why? Because of the favor of God. The favor of God on his life was shown through Pharaoh at that time. And so it, I'm getting to a point now where I just expect the favor of God to be shown to me. And it's not an arrogant thing. 
it's not an arrogant thing for me to expect the favor of God. I remember one time there was a um, we were at our church. Um, Doctor Clarice Fluid came and she was just prophesying over different people. And so when she got to me, she said, "The God was saying to me that my favor is on your life." And so now. Lord, your favor is on my life. That means I can go where others can't go. I can do what others can't do. I can be promoted to certain places because of your favor. It has nothing to do with what I can do. It has nothing to do with my ability, but it has to do with the favor of God on my life. And you can step into that favor. You can step into that favor that God has on your life. You have to become conscious of it. You have to acknowledge it. You have to be grateful and thankful for it to begin to operate in it, to begin to flow in it. So I want to read Genesis chapter 37, verse 3. Now Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age, and he made him a distinctive multicolored tunic. He made him a tunic as a sign of the favor, as a sign of the favor. So we're going to go on a break, and when we come back, I'm going to tell you about this tunic. Let's return to Ask the Preacher, an opportunity we give you every Friday from 5 until 6 for you to have your Bible questions answered. It's brought to you by Believer's Fellowship. Ask the Preacher with John Freed. John's out this week, but sitting in is Jarius. Welcome back. This is Jarius with Ask the Preacher. We've been talking about the favor of God. And uh, so earlier, if you just joined us earlier, we talked about Esther and how the favor of God was shown to her. Um, whenever she was coming to the kingdom. And uh, something I want to point out, the favor of God was shown to her, not only for her, but it was for a purpose. Because when it came time, there were some wicked things going on in high levels of government. And God placed her in the kingdom. And this is even what her uncle said. God placed you in the kingdom for such a time as this. So the favor of God had a purpose on her life. And the favor of God has a purpose on your life that God's going to use that favor to help bring deliverance to someone else, to help bring prosperity to someone else, to help bring revelation to someone else, to help bring healing to someone else, that God can use the favor that's on you to help benefit the people around you. Excuse me. And so we were in Genesis chapter 37. It was talking about Joseph's coat of many colors. His father made him this coat as a sign of his favor on his life. And so now the favor, he wanted to have something tangible, something physical. So now when his brothers looked at Joseph, they could see the favor of God on his life. They could see that that he is favored by our father. The favor of God was made visible. And I feel like today we don't, we might not wear a a cloak of many colors, but the favor of God can be visible on your life that people can see there's a clear distinction between you, what's going on in the world, and what's happening with you. There's a clear distinction. When everybody else around you is getting sick, you don't get sick. When everybody else around you is struggling, living paycheck to paycheck, you have more than enough. When everybody around you is depressed, you have joy. When everybody around you is full of anxiety, you have a peace. When everybody around you is full of fear, that you have faith. There's a clear distinction. There's something that people can see. Because of the favor of God that's on your life. And in verse uh, 37, verse 4, he said, His brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than all of his other brothers. And so they hated him and could not find it within themselves to speak to him on friendly terms. 
They hated their own brother because of the favor that their father had shown him. Now, this is Genesis chapter 37, verse 21. Now, Reuben, the eldest, heard this and rescued him from their hands. So they had planned to kill him. They like, you know what? We hate him so much, we're just going to kill him. We're just going to be rid of him. We don't have to look at him. We don't have to look at his cloak anymore. And we'll just get, just get him out of our life. And this is how the devil wants to do you. When he sees you, he sees the favor of God that's on your life, and he just wants to be rid of you. He wants to be done with you. He doesn't want to see you because he's reminded of where he was and where he isn't anymore. Because we're made in the image of God. And so when the enemy looks at me, he sees a splitting image of God, and that makes him mad. That makes him angry. That makes him upset. And he just wants to be rid of me. But he can't do it. And it says his brother rescued him and said not he said to them, verse verse 22, do not shed his blood, but instead throw him alive into the pit here in the wilderness and do not lay a hand on him to kill him. He said this so that he could rescue him from them and return later safely to his father. So what he had. So his plan was, I'm going to just say, I'm just let's just throw him in this pit. And then later on at nighttime, he was going to come back and get him as like, look. This is what the brothers had planned to do. And so that was his and that was his plan. So they and then verse 23. Now, when Joseph reached his brothers, they stripped him of his tunic, the distinctive multicolored tunic that he was wearing. So when he reached his brother, they stripped him of his favor. They tried to strip him of the favor that was on his life, because anytime they saw that cloak, they were looking at the favor of God. And so anytime the devil sees you, he sees the favor of God. And so he tries to take your money. He tries to take your health. He tries to take your sanity. He tries to take your peace. The enemy just tries, he tries so hard to strip you of the things of the favor of God that's on your life. When he sees you, that's what he tries to do. Then he threw him into, they threw him into a pit. Now, verse 24, when they took him and threw him into the pit and the pit was empty, there was no water. Now, I think this was specific when it says there is no water. What does water do? Water brings life. So they threw him into a place where there was no life. They threw him into a place with no water. There was no life coming into this place. So they threw him in a dry place. And we have a caller, James. Yes, Cedric. I've got a question to ask you. Uh, It's pertaining to as far as favoritisms and stuff like that. I'm reading in Matthew chapter 22, starting, let's say, at verse 8 to 14. Mm-hmm. This is pertaining to the wedding feast. And okay. Jesus is speaking. And there's a part in there that kind of throws me a curve, and I'd like to have your point on this view, your, your viewpoint on this. Okay. Let's say, for example, of in verse 11. What was it, the, Matthew? What was it? Matthew 22. Okay. And start with verse 11. All right, go ahead. But when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man who was there that, that was not on a wedding garment. And he asked the person, friend, how did you come here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Before I go any further, before, in a couple of verses before, he was compelled anyone to come. So this person came probably by saying, hey, you're going to fill up our, our feast because of this wedding. And this person was probably poor. He was saying, okay, I'm here. i got to do what i got to do. But he was speechless. But verse 13 is what I understand. Then the king said to the servant, bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him out of darkness, who will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. 
So I want your take put of why is there then favoritism uh, trying to get everyone to come, and then he throws this person out. Yeah, I'm looking. And I'll at hang this. up and listen to your response. Okay, thanks, James. So now I'm looking at it in my Bible. I have the Passion translation. It says, "Now when the king entered the banquet hall, he looked with glee over all his guests, but then he noticed a guest who was not wearing the wedding robe provided for him. So he said, "My friend, how is it that you are here and you're not wearing your wedding garment?" But the man was speechless. So I think that it gives a little in. Um, the provider for him is in italics, and anytime you say you see anything in your italics, it means it was um, it was added, as far as like a um, not an insinuation, but it was a it was added in there for extra clarity. And so what I get from that is he's saying there was something provided for him to wear, but he chose not to wear it. So he said, "My friend, how is it that you are here and you're not wearing your wedding garment?" But the man was speechless. Then the king turned to his servants and said, Tie him up and throw him into the outer darkness where there is great sorrow with weeping and grinding of teeth. For everyone that is invited to enter in, but few respond in excellence. So I think this is the thing. It was a response. And I would imagine that if the king was inviting all these people to come, it was, okay, so we're going to provide the clothes. They don't have their own, so we're going to provide something for them to wear. We're going to provide a garment for them to wear. But the what it, what I get from this is the man chose not to wear what was provided for him. And so I see that as Jesus, God sent Jesus to come into this world, to die on the cross for our sins. But we have to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We must say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I acknowledge what you did on the cross. I acknowledge that you went to hell in my place. But there are a lot of people who will not accept Jesus Christ. And I think that's what this is talking about. He didn't wear what was provided for him. God made a way out so that we wouldn't have to spend an eternity away from him. It's not even just not even just not about not making it to heaven or going to hell, but it's being an eternity away from God. And God provided a way out when he sent Jesus. He provided a way out of that. But not everybody is going to accept that. Not everybody is going to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life. And that's really that's really heartbreaking to me. I remember I, I used to work with a guy, and I would just talk to everybody that I could about Jesus Christ. And he said, and he would tell me, he's like, man, you can't save everybody. I said, nope, but I can try. I can talk to every person I can about Jesus Christ and let them know that there, there is a way not just to go into heaven. It's not about just making it to heaven, but it's about being in an eternal relationship with our Father. That when Jesus came, it was to restore a broken relationship between two parties, a broken fellowship, a broken covenant. And when Jesus came, that covenant was remended. It was put back together. And so now we are in restored relationship with the Father. But particularly with this verse, I, what I'm seeing is this, the... The king provided garments for them to wear, and this man chose not to wear it. And so that's when he said, you know, take them out and throw them into the outer darkness. So thank you, James. I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate you calling. Uh, back to the favor of God. And so they, they threw him in a pit where there was no water. Water represents life. There was no life in this pit. 
And so they put him in a place where there was no life. So you might be in a you might be in a season in your life where you feel like you're in a place where there's no life, especially during the holiday times. You might feel that you're in a place where there's no life, that there's nothing happening for you. It just seems like things just keep falling apart. It just seems like things just keep getting worse and worse. And actually, this time of year always reminds you of bad things, always reminds you of the of the person that left you, reminds you of how you got hurt, reminds you of how you got sick, reminds you of someone who passed away in your life and that this time of season is really a bad time. But when you step into the favor of God, he will wash you of all of that. Because ultimately what happened is Joseph became second in command, became second in command because of the favor of God on his life. And it even says in the Bible that Pharaoh noticed the favor of God on Joseph's life. He noticed the favor of God that was on Joseph's life. And so he not only placed him over the entire palace, his own home, but he said, I'm placing you over the entire nation because of the favor of God. That's on your life. All right, we're going to go on a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the favor of God. Well, let's get back to Ask the Preacher. It's brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church, located in North Lakeland on North Socrum Loop Road. Ask the Preacher, your host, John Freed. Out today, sitting in, is Jarius. Welcome back, everyone. We've been talking about the favor of God and how the favor of God will be on your life regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of the situations, regardless of what family you grew up in, regardless of your lineage, regardless of any of that. When the favor of God gets on your life, you will excel. You will be promoted. You will have more than enough. You will be, your body will be in perfect health because this is just part of the favor of God. And being in a home where my mom grew up working too, sometimes three jobs to take care of me and my two younger brothers uh, and just barely making it, working three jobs and still just barely making it, working three jobs and just living paycheck to paycheck. Um, there were times where we would open the freezer and there'd be nothing but a box of um, baking soda in there. And so to know that regardless of how I grew up, that I don't have to stay there. That, that, that doesn't have to be my life story, that it can change, that that can change with me and that my children will never have to know what it's like to go without, that my children will never know what it has to feel like to be hungry, that my children will never have to open the refrigerator and see nothing in there, that that, that broke with me. I am going to leave an inheritance for my children's children. That I can step into the favor of God into my life to such a degree, to such a level that I leave an inheritance for two generations after me. And, I, and my faith is even growing in this area that I want to leave this. I want to leave an inheritance for three and four and five and six generations after me that they can just that they never have to spend a dime of their own money. But the favor of God that my wife and I walk in such favor that our great, 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 great grandchildren never have to spend a dime of their own money. And this does not come from me. This was not my idea. Wealth was not man's idea. That was God's idea. Now, man can twist it and, and manipulate it, and that's how the enemy has done it in some people's hearts, where all it is is about money, 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 getting, 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 getting. But as you see with Joseph and you see with Esther, the favor of God was on their life. Not only did it prosper them, 
but it prospered the people around them. A whole entire kingdom was delivered from annihilation because of the favor of God that was on Esther's life. An entire nation was fed and kept from famine because of the favor of God on Joseph's life. That the favor of God was on his life and he had favor with the Pharaoh. He could interpret a dream and they spent seven years of gathering for seven years of famine. And that was because of the favor on Joseph's life. And so I think about the favor of God on my life is not only going to benefit me, but it should benefit the people around me. That the favor of God on my life should bring the city that I'm living in. It should bring it up. That people should realize that there's something different about this person. That because he lives here, this place is better. That whenever you go to a place, that place becomes better because you were there. And the favor of God just spills out from you and spills onto the people around you. And you help them to understand that they can walk in the favor of God too. That this didn't originate from you, but it came from God. And that God loves them. And that God has favor on them. And that if they would just completely give their lives 100% to him. Because that is the ultimate favor. The ultimate favor is Jesus Christ. I can't say that enough. More than money more than fame, more, more than anything else, the ultimate favor that God did was Jesus. And in Jesus is everything we need. Within salvation is everything we need. Salvation is not only about being saved. I know Pastor John had taught on this one time. Salvation is not only about being saved. In your salvation, you get saved, preservation, healing, deliverance, safety, and soundness. There is a complete package that comes with salvation. So I'm not only saved, but I'm healed. I'm not only healed, but I can have a sound mind. I only have a sound mind, but I can have prosperity. Like with, with the salvation of when Jesus came and, and the salvation of Jesus Christ, everything is wrapped up in that. That I don't have to settle for this. I don't have to settle for healing, but I have to be poor. Or I don't have to be rich, but now I'm sick. And now I'm spending all my wealth trying to get my body well. No, there's a complete package that comes with, that comes with salvation. And the favor of God on your life should increase your family. It should increase your church. It, could, it should increase your community. And that's the favor of God on your life. And it should be recognizable. Just like Joseph's brother saw the, the tunic that his father made him, the favor of God should be visible on your life. And the enemy will try and come and, and strip you of that favor. Whenever Joseph's brother stripped him of the tunic, they tried to strip him of the favor, but that was only a physical sign. That was only something that would that wasn't. If it if it was just in the cloak or if it was in the tunic, it would have stopped there. They would have sold him into slavery, and nothing else would have happened. But the cloak was just a a physical manifestation of the favor of God of his father, or the favor of God ultimately of God on on Joseph's life. And then when he got into Potiphar's house. When he got into Potiphar's house, even Potiphar said, I realize that because you're here, my whole household is prospering. But here it is. This is how the devil tried to get him. Pharaoh or Potiphar's wife said, man, you looking real good. You and she said, sleep with me. My husband ain't here. We can sleep together. Nobody will ever know it. And this is what Joseph said. So now, now the enemy is trying to get Joseph to bring himself down from the favor. He couldn't strip it off of him, so now he's trying to get Joseph to step down from it. 
He said, how could I do this thing against God? How could I do this thing against God? He can't. When the favor of God is on your life, no matter what's going on around you, no matter what lineage you grew up in, you will excel, you will be promoted, your body will be healed, and people will notice a physical difference. Let me just pray. Father, I thank you so much for every single listener. I thank you for what you're going to do in their life. I thank you that this moment now can be the best moment of their life from this point on. That their, the last, their last sad day will be, the last sad day they had will be their last sad day. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are bringing your people up to a level of divine prosperity because that's your will. Just like you blessed Solomon, you can bless us. Just as you were with Moses, you can be with us. Just as you were with Joshua, you can be with us. Just as you were with Esther, you can be with us. Just as you were with Joseph, you can be with us. Lord, we thank you for the favor that you've shown to us. We acknowledge it. We are grateful for it. We thank you for it. And we will bring our city higher. We will bring our community higher. And we will see souls saved in Jesus' name.